sing this song. this song that says grace gave me strength to say when thou comest into thy kingdom remember me only by grace only by grace was I ever able to cry from the pit that I was in ask him to save me. I'm not going to get through this. <laughs> I thought I could, but I wanted... I love this story of Jesus. What he's done for me. That's the only reason I sing these songs. Just to remind you, God's people, and to tell the lost... What did he ever see in us? The Bible tells us that he laid aside. The Bible says that he endured the shame of the cross for the joy that was set before him. His people, his children, the joy. <laughs> How could a sinner like me be the joy of Jesus Christ? Somehow I am. That's the message of this song. What did he ever see in me? I'll never know. But I'm thankful that he looked down and saw my need. So that's the song. <laughs> well, don't, don't go anywhere, Paul. Just give you a few minutes. I'd like you to sing it if you can. See, see if you can... Uh, See if you can get it together. I know I get like that, and I can't get much done when I'm emotional. So let's give them a little chance for that. But altar's open. Want to obey the Lord. Amen. And I um, love those testimonies. Of, uh, people that have been helped. Amen. Well... Tonight we'll 
be talking about the Filipino ministry. Demons are going over there very soon to, again, a sports outreach. And they're able to get into the public schools. And there'll be well over a thousand that they'll be able to speak to about the gospel. And we're taking up money tonight to help feed those young people to come to those events. And also a pastor's luncheon. I bring it up now as I had a man so they can't be here tonight for the service. Something's going on in their life gave me a offering and so I want to encourage you if you cannot be here tonight get involved as we send another family from our church or any other end of the world to help with the gospel outreach and we'll be talking about that tonight and Jen's uh, Tommy's two little girls are going to sing in a Filipino outfit and it's going to be great but we have these these opportunities our kids are over there Puerto Rico being used this week and we got another group going out and of course the RU programs highlighted this morning find a ministry around here to get involved in one of the things I said about Sunday school is find a purpose of not just sitting and listening to sermons but uh, let let the word of God get a hold of you and serve the Lord serve the Lord here in some way some fashion amen So, uh, Brother Paul, you think you can get through it, or maybe not? Okay, give it a try. I love to hear him sing. And uh, if he can't, we'll move on, okay? Uh, We're going to go in our Bibles, if you want to get ready, to 2 Timothy chapter 1. And and I'm going to have to shorten it up, so you pray for me, okay? All right, Brother Paul. If we could all just go to my living room, I do just fine there, so... (laughs) This tree. 
my past is filled with misery and shame. I can't believe those words I hear falling now upon my ear. A display of grace so full and free. Floods of joy now fill my eyes as I hear to my surprise. Today thou Help me with me in paradise. What did he ever, ever see in me? My yesterdays are in shambles, the grave my destiny. This my song. Now the Lord does too. Well, we're going to segue into this thought today. and I'll be honest with you, I don't know where we're going or how it's going to end or moving some things around. That's okay. Sometimes we need that. And uh, good testimonies today and good, good sweet spirit. I want to talk to you today about a song that we all sang a little while ago, Blessed Assurance. I hope you have it. I hope you know that you know that you know that you have eternal life through Jesus Christ, your Lord. And it's a wonderful thing to know for sure. And I never know who's in church when I preach a gospel message. But apparently there's somebody here that needs this. And of course, as Christian folks, we need to be reminded of what the Lord has done for us. So in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 12, and I will be aware of time and such, and you pray for me as I try to dissect and know which way to go here. Second Timothy, um, chapter 1 and verse 12. For the which cause I also suffer these things, nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know who I have believed. And I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Let's pray. Father... Thank you for the service thus far. And Lord, most of it is, uh, Lord, has not been ordered in any fashion uh, by us. Testimonies were of heart. Singing was of heart. Pray now you take this message and plant it in our hearts today. If there's someone here today that does not know for sure, they don't have the assurance of their salvation. Help them. So 
someone here that may be lost and undone, that you might draw them, dear Holy Spirit, unto Christ. Help me, Lord, as I preach what you want me to preach. In Jesus' name, amen. Blessed Assurance. Of course, that song that we sang this morning is written by Fanny Crosby. Often heard about her. Some 8,000 songs she wrote unto the Lord. Um, really over 10,000 songs she wrote, but 8,000 were of Christian nature. Um, she wrote um, several songs uh, in her lifetime um, that were secular. Matter of fact, over 1,000 non-religious songs were written by Fanny. She also wrote four books of poetry. She also, on top of that, wrote two best-selling autobiographies. She lived at the age of 95 years of age, and most, almost all of her life was in blindness. She had a statement she used to say that she said, I have a jewel, and that jewel is contentment. Now think about that. This woman lived 95 years, never saw what you and I see, all of her life, but yet she was content. Now that says something. Uh, she was uh, born in 1820. A poorly trained doctor applied some plaster polis to her eyes when she was just six weeks old. And from that time on, she was in blindness. Before she was ever saved, she had a heart of appreciation. And uh, she had a heart for contentment. She wrote these words when she was nine years old. Listen now. Oh, what a happy soul am I, although I cannot see, I am resolved that in this world content I will be. How many blessings I enjoy that other people don't, to weep and sigh because I'm blind, I cannot and I won't. She wrote that when she was nine. She was 15 years old, she went to the New York Institute of the Blind and she did so well in her studies that upon graduation they asked her to serve as a professor. She was on faculty for 11 years. And during that time, she wrote a lot of her songs. When she was 20, listen to this, she met a gifted young man named Alexander at the deaf school, or the blind school. And uh, he was a musician. And they became very fond of one another, and they were married in 1858. But shortly after they were married, uh, she became pregnant. And then she makes this statement. I became a mother and knew a mother's love, but the angels came down and took our infant up to God. Now here's a woman that lost her eyesight for all of her life, got married, had her first child, the only child, and lost that baby at birth. But her statement was, for her whole life, she lived a life of contentment. Isn't that interesting? Years later, as she was struggling with the loss of that baby, she had visited a family friend, Mrs. Knapp, who played a tune on the piano, and she asked Fanny, she said, what does this tune say to you? And it is told by Mrs. Knapp that Fanny went over and prayed for a little while. She came back and she said, it says, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, 
purchase of God, born of His Spirit, washed in His blood. And the chorus, we all know, this is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. She died in 1915 on February 12th, and here was her life verse. Psalm 145.2 Every day will I bless thee, and I will praise thy name forever and ever. Now you think about this. Her life verse matched her personality, her Christianity. For she wrote over 8,000 songs to the praise of God, yet she was blind her entire life, and the only child she had was lost at birth. I mean, just in those situations, you would think that a person may not praise the Lord like she praised the Lord. I think of my, if I read, I read that story, I thought about how much I complain. How discontented I become. And God has been so good. Oftentimes we come to church and we think about all the negative. All the bad. We, instead of focusing on all the good and all the blessings. We complain about our mates, and we complain about our children, and we complain about our life. We complain about our finances. We, can, we, you know, we find something to complain about instead of being content with what God has done and is doing in our life. We are blessed people. And I thought about this dear lady on this Lord's Day and how she wrote that song, Blessed Assurance. And I'm just going to get you the highlights of some things, some thoughts on blessed assurance that we have as Christian people. The first one coming out of the gate, the Bible says in the book of Hebrews chapter 12, uh, I'm sorry, Hebrews chapter 2 and uh, verses 1 and 2, uh, the writer of Hebrews, which many believe to be Paul, I'm persuaded that way. He writes these words, Therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed unto the things which we have heard, lest at any time you should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, every transgression hath this disobedience, receiveth a just recompense for us. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? You know, many people have been preached the gospel to, but they refuse it. I'm so thankful that the Lord worked in my life in such a way that when I was offered the salvation of Jesus Christ on a, few, on a handful of times, I finally understood, and I received him as my Savior. Brother Paul, only grace could do that. And so I have full assurance today of my salvation. The first thing I want to say today about blessed assurance is Jesus is our assurance of eternal life. You can know that you know that you know on this earth that you have eternal life. Maybe there's someone here today that doesn't know that. John chapter 3 and verse 15, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You need to believe on, not in necessarily the Lord Jesus, but on the Lord Jesus Christ. 
for eternal life. To trust Him wholly and completely as your Savior. Jesus said in John 15, 39, Search the Scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. They are they which testify of me. He's the one we should be looking to. 1 John 5, 13, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you believe on the name of the Son of God. Jesus says emphatically that you can know that you have eternal life. I hope you know I hope you have blessed assurance within your heart and your soul today that Jesus is yours, as Fanny said. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Hebrews 12 and verse 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. I can have assurance today because he's the author. The word author means originator. One that takes the lead in anything and thus affords an example to in matters of faith. He's not only the author of eternal life for you and I, but he's the finisher, the scripture says. The word finisher here is one who has his own person raised faith in its perfection, so set before us the highest example. Jesus knew that he was the way, the truth, and the life, and he shared that with others. Believe on him, and that's the message today. Jesus is not only the author and finisher of our faith so I can have assurance of eternal life, but Jesus is called the shepherd and bishop of our souls. The Bible says in 1 Peter 2, verse 5, For ye, uh, but ye were as sheep going astray, but now return to the shepherd and bishop of your souls. He's the chief shepherd. He's the great shepherd. This word shepherd obviously means overseer. And God is overseeing every facet of my life and yours. He's known you since before you were born. He's the one who created you in your mother's womb. He's the one that picked out you. Your eye color, your hair color, your frame, your disposition, your spirit, your intellect. He created you to please him. He wants you to have assurance of Him as your Lord and Savior. He wants to shepherd your life, Christian. He's the keeper of the flock. It's a metaphor for the presiding officer, manager, director, head of a body. As a pastor is the under-shepherd of the chief shepherd, Christ. I don't dictate, but I make sure everything's in order. And that's what an overseer does. But Jesus is the shepherd, the chief shepherd of our soul. He is the bishop. He is the overseer. The word bishop means superintendent, elder, pastor, overseer of a flock, uh, presbytery. And that's what the Lord is for us. He knows everything that has ever happened to you is happening, will happen. He's in complete control. A good shepherd sits at the gate of the, of the sheep cot. He is fully aware. You may be today thinking that the Lord doesn't know. The Lord doesn't understand. He cannot comprehend what I'm thinking or what I'm going through. Friend, he is your bishop. He is your shepherd. He is your 
Savior. This life is so brief. But there is an eternal life. Make sure you know it and have it. Blessed assurance. Jesus is mine. Is Jesus yours? Amen. Whosoever believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting, everlasting life. That's a promise. John 3, 16. Whosoever believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. John 10, 28. I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. All verses and verses and verses of Christ, his own words through the scriptures, that we can have blessed assurance. Second of all, Jesus is our assurance of heaven. Jesus said we're going there, and that settles it. John 14, 1 through 3. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. Neither is there salvation any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Paul said on the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord. So if you've ever been at a grave of a loved one and you're wondering in your heart about eternity, if they knew the Lord, they're with the Lord. It's important. I did the funeral of uh, Mort's son not very long ago, and all those motorcyclists were there, just so many. Many of them come by with tears running down their cheeks and tears in their eyes and thanking me for the message and telling me they trusted Christ. And that afternoon, I got home and, or got back to the church. I pulled my truck up to come back in the office and continue my day of work. And I was getting out, and there was, I turned, I don't know why I turned, but I turned to my left, and I saw a motorcycle coming up the driveway. And I had told some of those men, if you have any questions, come see me. Gave them my business card, gave them gospel track. And I told the Smith boys, I said, look, at the dinner, if any of them want to know more, please send them by. Let them, let, give me a call. So I'll be honest with you, when I saw the, and he's, this guy's on a motorcycle, he's waving at me coming up behind my truck. Then another motorcycle goes by and he's waving. And I'm thinking, good night, what's going on? The fellow gets off his bike, and I'm thinking he's one of those biker dudes that I just talked to. He said, no, 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 I've been wanting to stop at this church for a long time. He said, I live in the community but his next words were not surprised and shouldn't have been surprised. He said, I just want to see what you believe, he said. Really, he was looking for an argument. <laughs> and I was the guy that pulled up. The biggest thing he wanted to argue about was that you can't be sure if you're going to heaven. Well, he's talking to the wrong guy, okay? So I shared with him some scriptures, and he shared some scriptures. And His big thing is he believed in soul sleep. He didn't believe that if you died, you went to heaven. You die, you go to the grave. And then there's a general resurrection and all that business. And So I said to him right away, I said, look, I don't believe in soul sleep. I believe what the Apostle Paul taught, to be absent of the body, present with the Lord. He said, well, you've got to dissect or study your Bible differently. And I said, no. Jesus said eternal life. So here I'm standing here arguing. I, Obviously, the man was a Christian. He told me how he got saved, and I said, look, it doesn't do us either good, either us any good, for us to stand here and argue about this subject. I said, you don't know me, and I don't know you. God bless you. I hope you have a great day, but I'm not going to stand here all day and argue, because I said, I am fully persuaded 
that I have eternal life in Jesus Christ and I'm not going to die and be buried in a hole and someday have a general resurrection. I believe what the Bible says that Paul taught that to be absent in the body, present with the Lord. So, you know, you need to know that in your heart today. That we can have blessed assurance. Jesus is mine. And one of these days, heaven will be mine. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. What are you going to do with those verses? And if I go to prepare a place for you, I'll come and receive you unto myself. Now, his idea was, okay, you go to the grave, and then later on, he'll come get you. But either, listen, it's either the grave or the rapture. I'm going. And to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. In 1 Thessalonians, we're given this hope that I use every time I do a funeral because God wants us to have hope. But I would not have you to ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep. Now there's that word that throws people off. And you sorrow not even as with having no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them with sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, we which are alive and remain shall be the coming of the Lord shall prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be. Notice, these words are meant to be a comfort. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. And they are a comfort every time I plant somebody in the ground as a pastor to know that that soul is with the Lord. Now the body remains, but the body's not important. It's the soul that lives forever. This body was never made to live forever. Scripture tells about a new body, a new, a new Jerusalem, and a new heaven, and a new earth. And, and God makes all things new. So how can that happen? Because he's God. He creates everything out of nothing. Uh, I, I watch these professors that talk about how many of them believe in the evolutionary processes and not a one of them can prove that. Not a one. Not a one. So it's what God's word says that is truth. To be absent is to be present. Jesus said, and he gave us this assurance of our own resurrection. He said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though we were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth shall never die. Believest thou this? Paul said in Romans 6, 5, For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. It's either through death or through the rapture. We shall have a resurrection. Looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of that great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Titus 2, 13. 1 John 2 and verse 28, And now, little children, abide in him, and when he shall appear, we shall have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. You know, Christians never die a second death. Now, we may all die the first death. That's the physical death. That's the natural death. That's the cessation of life. But in Revelation 20, 14, in death and hell were cast in the lake of fire. This is the second death. I'm so glad that I'm not going that route. Why? Because I have assurance in Jesus Christ, who said if I believed on him, I'd have eternal life. Who told me when I trust him that I have 
immediate occupancy with him. He is eternal life. Jesus gives us our insurance, assurance in death. He said, oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? I'm so glad that when I stand before people that are hurting over a lost loved one that I can give them the confidence that death has not the last word. Billy Graham, who just passed and went to be with the Lord, said, my home is in heaven. I'm just traveling through this old world. Billy Sunday preached, the difference between God's side and the devil's is the difference between heaven and hell. Spurgeon wrote, if there's no hell, the loss of heaven would be hell. See, these men believe, as I do, and I hope you do, that eternal life is through Jesus Christ, and we have assurance of our own resurrection. We have assurance of our old conquering over death. Now, are you heading for heaven or hell? That's the question today. Nobody likes to hear about hell. I don't like preaching about hell, but hell's a real place. For time's sake, this morning, uh, the scriptures bear witness of hell being a real place. Revelation 14 and verse 11 speaks loudly. And the smoke of their torment ascended up forever and ever, and they shall have no rest day or night who worship the beast and the image, whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. There's coming a day. This, this lost world doesn't believe in it, but the tribulation period is about to take place. And I hope if you're not saved today, you'll realize that at any moment Christ will come for the church, and then there will be a time of tribulation. Jesus said in his own days, with his own words, in Matthew 24 and verse 51, the Bible said, And shall cut him asunder and appoint him as portion with the hypocrites. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. He's describing hell. Jesus said it was a real place. My question today is, do you know that you're on your way to heaven or are you heading for hell? Don't procrastinate in your choice. Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 6, 2, I have heard thee in a time accepted, in a day of salvation have I succored thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. In Revelation 12, 10, And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now has come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of the brethren is cast down, which accuseth them before God day and night. Satan's not given up on his, his doctrinal stand either. He continues to try to take souls to hell. I want you to know, do you have blessed assurance? Is Jesus yours? Has there been a time, has there been a place where you received Christ as your only means of salvation? And if you haven't, you need to today, while it is yet day. We have eternal life through Christ. He's preparing us a place right now. Don't procrastinate on your choice. Jesus is our assurance in times of temptation. Jude tells us, Thou unto him that is able to keep you from falling and present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. I can't present myself and neither can you present yourself. But the Lord's going to present us. It's up to him. It's his finished work. Someday when we get to heaven, we'll, we'll understand all these truths. But they're right here in the Word of God. We have victory through Christ, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. 
we have a reward awaiting us, James 1.12. And to hear from our own Lord, well done, thou good and faithful servant, is just around the corner when you think about it, for all of us. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation. That's what I am in Christ. And here's an important one. Jesus is our assurance of answered prayer. Go to Luke's Gospel chapter 11 and we'll wrap this up today. I hope, I hope today through the testimonies through Paul's song. I hope that if there's one here today that is visiting us, or maybe you've been coming, maybe you've been sitting and wondering for years, that you'll get the assurance that God wants you to have in your heart of your own salvation. In Luke 11, listen to what it says. And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, while he ceased, one of the disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. And he saith unto them, When ye pray, say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as it in heaven, so in earth. Give us day by day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And he said unto them, Which of you, having a friend, shall go unto him at midnight? And say unto him, Friend, lend me three roughs. He goes into a story about how you can know you can go to someone when you have need. You know, Jesus being the bread of life, he wants us to come to him and believe on him. We're all needy. We're all going to come up to a time where we don't know how to we don't know how to answer the questions. We don't know how to come up with the solutions. We, even people of faith for a long time, there's going to be a time in our lives where we question God. But know this, Jesus is the one that has told us that we can have eternal life through him by believing on him. And he reminds us again that he is preparing a place for us and he will come again to receive us unto himself, and there shall we ever be with the Lord. What is the Lord trying to give us? Confidence. He's trying to give us assurance for when we're attacked by the enemy or our own flesh. The Lord says, when you pray. Now this prayer is not an exact prayer, vain repetition. We're told not to do that. It's a pattern of how to pray. When, not if, when you pray. I trust you're praying. And he wants us to pray in his name. It's important. Jesus said in John 14, 14, if you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. It's important that we ask in that name. What a name. There's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And that same name is worthy to be called upon in our time of need. And the Lord did this for us too, so we'd have full assurance. He gave us assurance of an, of an earthly guidance. He's going away, he told his disciples, but he sent unto them another comforter. I'm so glad for the inner witness of the Holy Spirit, comforting, guiding, convicting, all these things that the Holy Spirit does for us. God wants us to have assurance, not doubt. God wants us to have assurance, not not wondering 
He's given us extra assurance through his word. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Thank God for that Bible in your lap this morning. He's given us a spirit. For as many as are led of the spirit, they are the sons of God. Romans 8, 14. And here's something else God has done for us. To give us assurance as we travel down here. He's given us faithful helpers and teachers in our life. Ephesians 4, 11, 12, and 13 says, And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. What for? For the perfecting of the saints. That word perfecting there doesn't mean without sin. It means maturing, full age. Help you grow up in your faith. For the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. How long till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure and the stature of the fullness of Christ? I'm not there. Neither are you. But God has given us these things so we have what? Blessed assurance. Do you have blessed assurance this morning? Is Jesus yours? You know, through the many years I've pastored here and been preaching, I, I, I believe there's been people that have been members or attenders of churches that I pastored that although they went to church, I wondered if they knew the Lord. Now, I'm not a foolish man. I don't go up to somebody and say, well, you know, I think you are and I think you're not. But there have been times in my life where I wondered, are they just, are they, do they have churchianity? Or do they have Christianity? You know why I know it? Because you've thought it about some of your friends and relatives too. Somebody can say, well, yeah, I prayed that prayer, I did that, but you don't see any evidence in their life of a truly converted soul. And so when a message like this is preached about assurance, listen, more than I want assurance for you, the Lord has so, told you so much that you would have that assurance. Sister Fanny, such a hard life. I, we can't even comprehend, unless you're blind, what a life of blindness is. And then she pulls out that one time in her life where it hurt her to her core when she lost her newborn babe. Some of you ladies that have lost children, you could understand that. The Lord was magnified, though, in her life. So often, we that have been so blessed, we are not honoring the Lord like we ought to. Her gift was contentment. Do you have that? I, I fail in that so often. Maybe today, after this thought by Sister Fanny, we will be more thankful. In life, many go through such hard knocks and difficult times. And we can pause for a moment here this morning and look to our sister in the Lord who penned those words, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory to my heir of salvation, purchase of God. You've been purchased by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And although she went through so much, she never doubted. She was content and she also wrote a song called Constantly Abiding, Jesus is Mine. Let's remember that today as we leave.
I want us all to focus this week on how good God is. In spite of the problems of life, how good God is, how good God has been. And we can trust him for tomorrow. But listen, he's given us so much assurance. Let's lean on him. Amen? Let's look to him in our difficult times. Let's bow our heads if we would today.